Shalom Aleichem from the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Emma Morgenstern. The subject of our program today is the recently published volume, A Jewish Voice from Ottoman Salonika, the Ladino memoir of Saadi Besalel Alevi, which was translated from the Ladino into English by Isaac Jerusalmi and co-edited by Dr. Stein and Aaron Rodrigue. Sarah, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, so first of all, Sarah, I'm wondering how you began studying Jewish languages. Well, in fact, uh, it has much to do with uh, the Yiddish Book Center itself. I was um, uh, an intern at the Book Center as an undergraduate in college, began studying Yiddish there, because I was a student of Jewish studies and of history, was interested at that stage in looking closely at the cultural history of Eastern European Jewry. And I began to appreciate through my work with Yiddish uh, in tandem with the study of other languages and um, all too many over time, that it is really only with the exploration, the knowledge, the learning of languages that one can access the voices of the Jewish past um, and the many cultures of, of the Jewish world. So language was really a pathway for me to the study of history. So how did you end up moving from Yiddish studies into Sephardic studies and Ladino? Well, I was very fortunate to do my graduate work at Stanford University in a program that had um, on its faculty, among other historians, a historian of the Eastern European and wider European Jewish world, Stephen Zipperstein, and a historian of the Sephardic and wider European Jewish world, Erin Rodrigue. And this is quite unusual because there are few of us who focus on the history of Sephardic culture in the American Academy or internationally. And it is also quite rare to have a graduate program with multiple scholars of different Jewish histories. Um, And through my graduate training, I became not only animated by the history of um, Sephardic Jewry, which I had not had the chance to study formally before that point, but also became interested in the idea of using comparative history to approach history in a new way. And out of this interest grew a project to compare the development of popular print cultures in Yiddish and Ladino, the main languages of Jews in the Russian and Ottoman empires uh, at the turn of the 20th century. So it was both a way to learn about the different cultural communities and their print cultures, but also a way to think about them in dialogue. What made them different? Why should their histories be compared? Right. So you must have been extremely excited to see um, the appearance of this particular book that you just have been working on. Um, So this Ladino memoir by Saadi Besalel Halevi, um, because he himself was a a printer and um, the editor of a newspaper. So can you just tell me a little bit about this memoir, how you stumbled upon it? Yes, absolutely. Um, those of us who have worked on Sephardic history have known for some time that Saadi Bissalala Levy had written a memoir uh, because pieces of it were reproduced at various times by uh, his sons, especially his son, Sam Levy, who carried on um, in the wake of his father's retirement and ultimately death, his work in Ladino letters and the publication of certain key newspapers, especially by Polka, published in Ottoman Salonika, although Sam Levy was living in Paris, we knew through the publication of these segments of Saadi's memoir, he was known as Saadi by his peers, that a memoir existed. 
but no one had ever found it. And quite by chance, uh, Aaron Rodrigue discovered this manuscript, uh, handwritten likely by a scribe uh, in Ladino cursive, known as Salatreo, in the Hebrew National Library in Jerusalem, and um, discovered there the full manuscript, which we suspect had traveled a circuitous journey through the course of the dramatic transformations and crises of 20th century Balkan and Turkish Jewry through uh, wars and fires and migration and genocide uh, from Salonika to Paris to Rio de Janeiro to Jerusalem and then ultimately (laughs) to California where uh, Aaron Rodrigue and I, in tandem with Isaac Jerusalmi, worked on its translation and annotation and publication. Wow. So um, how did how actually did you stumble upon the document? Well, historians dream of the moment that they find documents that um, change the way we think about the past. And sometimes these are documents that one knew existed but couldn't find. Sometimes they are documents one didn't know existed. And in this case, um, Aaron Rodriguez was fortunate enough to... to discover a manuscript that, uh, again, having known of the existence of, we didn't know that it still was accessible. And so it was with great excitement that um, we brought this this book to fruition. Some of our listeners might not know, but you can actually access the original manuscript on the website for Stanford University Press, which is incredible. I took a look at it before. Yes, well, I'll, I'll comment on, on the idea of publishing this material online as well as in print form. Uh, even relative to Yiddish, which I have studied and conducted research in, it's very difficult to learn Ladino as a young scholar, as a student. There aren't the same... Um, infrastructure of programs, uh, dictionaries. Um, uh, there was never any Ladino language academy, so there was never a standardization of Ladino as there right. was with Yiddish. Mm-hmm. So um, spellings uh, range wildly. Um, so to learn Ladino, to teach Ladino to students is very difficult, and yet it's so crucial to Sephardic history, to the production of new generations of scholars. So we resolved that in addition to offering a translation of this remarkable manuscript, um, we would also use it as an occasion to create a language training tool. And therefore, the book presents a transliteration of the Ladino alongside the English translation. And online, we have this component of the Salatreo handwritten cursive, which is written in a beautiful script that the version that is online is quite a sophisticated reproduction made um, by the uh, institution which, which holds the document. But in fact, alas, when we were working on it, we were working with a much uh, rougher uh, Xerox form. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're pleased to be able to give others a, a better, clearer version of this original than we ourselves were, um, had at our disposal. Right, and I'm, I see firsthand a lot of our fellows struggle to get through handwritten Yiddish documents, so I can imagine that getting through a long manuscript of Solitreo would be very difficult. Yes. What's the, what's the value of this memoir? What's in it, and, and why is it so exciting? Well, memoirs have become a crucial um, source on the Jewish past. 
uh, assigned in many classes, read widely by scholars as well as interested popular readers. The beautiful early modern memoir of Gorkul of Hamlin um, has become a canonical work um, of Jewish history. And yet we lack voices of the Sephardic past that can shed an intimate light on the world um, Jews lived um, in the Ladino-speaking heartland of southeastern Europe and the Ottoman Balkans and Ottoman Anatolia and in its diasporic settings. Saadi was a remarkable person, as I mentioned earlier. He was a printer from a long line of printers. He was is considered one of the pillars of Ladino uh, literature and press. Um, he was a, a musical virtuoso trained at the hands of both an Ottoman musical master and a Hebrew musical master, a Jewish musical master, and what really comes through in the memoir is that he's also a idiosyncratic, passionate person, and much of the memoir focuses not on his work with the Ladino press, which is so important, not on his work as a musician, although there are wonderful passages on that subject, but about his tangles with the religious authorities of Salonika, the city in which he lived, mm -hmm. and especially about his horror at being excommunicated by the religious uh, leadership for various ostensible violations, um, but probably because he accused the Salonican rabbinical elite of mismanaging communal funds. Mm -hmm. And he was excommunicated, and though the excommunication did not seem to have tremendous staying power, it was a great trauma to him. And he writes a memoir um, to exonerate himself. Mm -hmm. But while he does so, he also paints a vivid portrait of one of the most important European Jewish cities, um, and of course one of the most important Sephardic um, cultural communities, a place at the time of Saadi's writing that was majority Jewish and on whose streets one would be more likely to hear Ladino than any other language. Right. Are there any other works like this that exist? No, not for the Sephardic world, not written in Ladino. Much of the uh, memoiristic literature that appears appears later after dramatic transformations would remap both the Ottoman Empire this region of the world, the Ladino language itself, and uh, Jewish culture uh, in the Sephardic heartland, um, and are written in French as well, mm -hmm. or other, other languages. So it is very rare to have a memoir from this period written in Ladino, and I just to emphasize again, before this cultural world was frayed by so many dramatic transformations of the 20th century. A lot of people ask me when they come to the Yiddish Book Center how Ladino literature compares to Yiddish literature because we know that Yiddish literature was um, so prolific and, you know, is the language of most of the world's Jews for so long and there is a lot of literature. So how does Ladino literature compare? Well, this is a complicated question and one that I tried to explore at a bit more length in, in the book you mentioned that compares the creation of the Yiddish and Ladino um, modern press in the Russian and Ottoman empires. Um, first, there's the question of demographics. The Yiddish-speaking 
world of Eastern Europe and ultimately its diasporic centers is enormous. It's, it's numbering in, in the multi-millions. The Ladino-speaking world is much, much smaller. Um, in the period in question when Saadi writes, probably around 250,000 Ladino speakers are living in uh, Ottoman Balkans and, and Ottoman Anatolia. Um, so it is simply a much, it, it, this, the community cannot sustain economically um, or intellectually the breadth of writing that the Yiddish-speaking world can and does. However, secondly, it is also true that there was never a pro-Ladino movement as there was a pro-Yiddish movement. Many Jews who wrote chose French as their language of writing uh, beginning in the late 19th century, and this was largely because of um, the influence of a philanthropic uh, organization known as the Alliance Israelite Universelle, which was created in France and designed to create schools across so-called Levant, Mediterranean, bringing a French secular education to Jews in communities um, across this region. Um, Jews continued to use Ladino as their mother tongue into the interwar period and some beyond, and yet partly due to local economic factors um, and partly due to the pedagogic imprint of this organization, French became a crucial language of social and intellectual ascension. And in tandem with the agenda of this organization and the already um, evolving, what, what historians talk about as a westernizing impulse among Sephardic Jewry, there was also a tendency to actually dismiss Ladino as a language unfit for literary production. Now, of course, we see this in the Yiddish world as well. We see Yiddish disparaged as a, as a jargon, as a, as a jargon. But there was really no counter veiling power in the Ladino world to, to um, advocate for the production of a Ladino literature. Now, that being said, there was an enormously rich press culture, uh, but not the production of volumes upon volumes, printing houses upon printing houses that we see. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Thank you very much. A Jewish Voice from Ottoman Salonika, the Ladino memoir of Saadi Besalel Alevi, translated by Isaac Jerusalmi and co-edited by Sarah Abravayastein and Aaron Rodrigue, is available from Stanford University Press. You've been listening to a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit our website, yiddishbookcenter.org audio. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Sei mir stark und gesund, be strong, be well, and tune in again soon. Uh-huh.